Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom from Jerusalem and welcome to another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Today we have a special uh, guest with us and a special edition. We'll be focusing on the entire region. A region that um, we call the Middle East, but in biblical terms it has some other names. And one of them is the region of the Isaiah 19 highway. So I want to start with a scripture from the book of Isaiah in chapter 19 that talks about a special highway, a very uh, interesting road that has a, both a historical sort of uh, uh, connection, but also it has a future fulfillment. So if you have a Bible and you want to join in with us, open up to Isaiah 19, and we're going to read from um, chapter 19 and verses 23 to 25. It, t- it says, In that day there'll be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, And Assyria will come into Egypt, and Egypt into Assyria. And the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Before we begin, I want to introduce our special guest today is uh, Tom Craig. Tom is the director of the Lighthouse Network, and the author of a book on Isaiah 19 uh, titled Living Fully for the Fulfillment of Isaiah 19, When Egypt, Assyria, and Israel Will Become a Blessing in the Midst of the Earth. Before we begin, Tom, we're going we're gonna to pray and commit this time to the Lord. It's, this heart, it's a subject that's very close to my heart, very close to your heart, and a subject that's growing in uh, significance among the nations. So let's commit this uh, time. We don't have a lot of time today, but we want to focus in on these very, very important, uh, this very, very important prophetic promise. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to right now just even be with uh, those from around the nations, those viewing on, uh, on, on television and those on the internet. And Lord, we ask that you would right now just give the Holy Spirit, the, uh, we give the Holy Spirit freedom. We invite him into this time right now mm-hmm. to direct our conversation, to help us to focus on parts of the Bible that are connected to this very unique and important prophetic promise in the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Lord, as well for what you're doing around the Middle East. On one side, we've seen incredible changes, but on the other side, we've seen breakthroughs that we've prayed for and hoped for for years. And Lord, we hope that we can bring those uh, to the attention of our viewers today and that they will be able to stand with, to pray for, to support, showing solidarity and being faithful brothers at this time to the church in the Middle East. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Amen. Good. So, Tom, uh, thank you, first of all, for joining us today. Uh, uh, your, your history, your experience goes back many years in the Middle East, and it's really sort of centered around these verses in Isaiah 19. Just talk about your history and your ministry and what you've been involved in in the last 30 years in the Middle East. Yeah, well, it's great to be with you, Mike. And uh, of course, Teresa and I really uh, appreciate you and all that you have done in in this region as well. It's been wonderful to partner with you at times in uh, in various ways. And now that we're living here in Jerusalem, to be able to have a closer relationship, friendship together in these things. So, yeah, yeah, it's been quite a journey. Uh, My wife and I moved out from the U.S. to the Middle East almost 30 years ago. Mm. 
And uh, we based in Cyprus, the island of Cyprus, which at that time was a base for many of the mm. ministries working throughout the Middle East. And uh, at one time, I think we counted up 25 different organizations that were based there working all around uh, the Middle East. All around the Middle East yeah. and efforts to help uh, the churches and to reach out to the peoples of the Middle East. So uh, it was a strategic place to be. And then from there, we did quite a bit. Uh, I traveled often throughout the nations of the Middle East, Arabian Peninsula, even into North Africa. And then uh, about 20 years ago, we went through quite a shift in our ministry to focus more on on worship and prayer, Mm -hmm. just feeling like God was going to do something greater in the region, but we needed to be more intimately tuned in to what he was going to do through spending, you know, more focused time in worship, prayer, and helping to raise that up uh, corporately around the Middle East as well. Mm. And uh, so we started you know, discussing with many others about the ideas of houses of prayer, right. you know, dedicated places where believers could gather to worship and pray together. Mm. And in the midst of that, Isaiah 19 really became a clear focus of our intercession uh, because of the hope that it gives to the peoples and nations right. of the Middle East and, and just the awesome uh, declarations, promises that are mm. contained in those verses you just read about Egypt, Assyria, which really is a, a broad reference to the rest of the Middle East nations, I believe, right. yeah. and together with Israel, that we would see something where they would be united together mm. in worship mm-hmm. and uh, really begin to uh, be reconciled in greater ways to one another. So mm-hmm. that that passage just became like a banner by which we all uh, gathered around and, yeah. and began to worship and pray all across the Middle East. Houses of prayer started up uh, with a largely a focus on praying for their own nation, but also for the region and Isaiah 19. Hey, just talk a little bit about that, that movement of the House of Prayer. I mean, bring, it was really an idea to bring believers from different backgrounds, maybe different even ethnic groups together in a city, different churches, yes. to be a place of unity. Yes. And uh, yeah, just maybe talk about the, how that's developed in the Middle East. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing. Each one is so unique because it's all just been done, you know, autonomously by each person who has a calling to lead yeah, something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. a vision to do that. But it's amazing to see how they've grown up. I mean, the majority of the houses of prayer that I know of are in the land of Egypt, which is the largest Arabic-speaking uh, nation yeah. in the Middle East. And why would you think that's so? I mean, I, I think I don't think our viewers probably know about the sort of historic. Coptic, beginning Coptic church in Egypt. So maybe just spend a little yeah. bit of time. Just, I mean, it's a rich study in itself because that's where you hear about the Desert Fathers yeah. and uh, those who were in monast- the monastic okay. movement that really began uh, in the third or fourth centuries, you know, really grew at that time mm. in out in the deserts outside of uh, what is now today Cairo. And so mm. uh, there is this rich history of, of you know, contemplative prayer and, you know, prayer and worship Mm. that has been in the Egyptian church and in the Coptic church. And uh, God's just been able to revive that even through the troubles that they've gone through, you know, 10 years ago with the revolution and and, uh, things began to spread in terms of more worship and intercession all over the land of Egypt as they were responding to the crisis of what was going on in their, their nation. Yeah, I know. I remember we we even spending time talking with Egyptian leaders, church leaders, and they were saying they'd begin to, uh, concerted prayer for the nation. Not yes. just, 
I think we kind of need to help our viewers to say that, that one of the temptations in the church in the Middle East is to either adapt a survival mentality or to adapt a faith kingdom mentality. Yeah. So maybe just share a little bit about that and the, the, the bat, sort of the struggle for that in, in churches and things. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think we, we see it even in this past year and things mm. that we've been through where a crisis hits so hard mm. that people are, <clears throat> at first, they're just thinking, how am I going to survive this? Right. You know, how am I, we're going to make it through? But then they start coming to a place of greater faith and confidence in the Lord that he's still mm. in the midst of it and with mm. us and he wants to redeem. He right. wants to take this crisis and turn it into an opportunity for mm -hmm. ministry, outreach right. to others. And uh, that was what was happening in Egypt in the time of those uh, revolutions and things shaking that nation. Right. They began to turn around and see this as a great opportunity for more right. outreach, ministry, worship and prayer to rise and so many houses of prayer were established all over the, the uh, land of Egypt. Isaiah 19 is, you know, obviously a, a message within a series of judgments in the book of Isaiah from, about, I think it's chapter 13 to 23. It begins with judgment. Yes. But it doesn't end there. And that's no. what's unique. Maybe just share a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think uh, one of the latter verses, 20 or 21, it mentions that God is going to strike Egypt because mm -hmm. uh, it's largely focused on the judgments coming to the land of Egypt. Right. But he's going to strike it in order to heal it. Mm. And so there's this uh, principle of understanding God's heart that at times when he deems it necessary, he has to strike right. in order to break open the hardness of our hearts or a nation's heart mm -hmm. in order to get to the place where he can have that divine uh, connection of love and, and healing right. and redemption that he really longs for with mm -hmm. them. And that's what we see in the book of uh, Isaiah 19, mm -hmm. just this incredible redemptive story for right. Egypt. Right. And it's kind of unusual because usually the, 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 the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, or what we Christians would call the Old Testament, focuses mostly on Israel. But here we have a different focus. We have Egypt almost going through its own exodus, almost yes. the reverse yes. of what happens with Israel. It's amazing. I did a, a more in-depth study this Pesach about uh, Passover, about the parallels between Passover story and Isaiah 19. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I wish we had more time to... No, I know. That. It'd be nice to get into because there is this scene of their crying out yes. because of the oppression. Uh -huh. And then God delivers them almost the same way that Israel in Egypt is crying out because of their oppressors and God delivers them. Yeah. And it's speaking about a cruel master, a fierce king like Pharaoh mm -hmm. ruling over the Egyptians this right. time. Right. Is one of the main reasons they cry out for deliverance, and God sends a savior who I mm -hmm. believe is Yeshua to come and actually deliver them right. and bring them into his kingdom. Right. And you're through the through your book, Living Fully for the Fulfillment of Isaiah 19, you've also been able to engage in other nations in the yes. Asia, in Europe. Tell us a little bit about what we, we're sort of starting to see a, a kind of a growing momentum. I think over the last, and more now, but over the last 10, 15 years of other nations looking at this prophetic promise regarding the Middle East, and they're getting excited. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really attribute some of this to what happened uh, many years ago when ISIS arose on the scene in, mm -hmm. in Iraq and then in right. Syria, and people were hearing of the atrocities and the terrible mm -hmm. violence and right. what was going on through all the uh, campaign of ISIS in those lands. 
And I started getting many people contacting me. I had finished writing my book on Isaiah 19, and they were looking for answers to what is God going to do in right. the nations of the Middle East. We right. see what the enemy, the mm-hmm. devil, mm-hmm. is doing through this evil uh, movement of ISIS and, and all that's happening. What is God's plan? And right. that that's when it opened up that I started getting many invitations to come and teach out mm-hmm. of Isaiah 19 because of the hope. Mm. that it brings and right. the vision of how God is going to to redeem these nations and turn them around. Yeah, excellent. I mean, in a sense it was out of the even in the in the book of Isaiah 19 there's a sense of out of this tragedy comes forth this incredible blessing. Yes. So we started to see as the you know the tragedies in the Middle East and as violence was starting to grow there was also a kind of, you know, a prayer that was rising. It yes. seemed like from the nations. Yes. Yeah, and now that's just increased into a global uh, intercession going on for the nations of the Middle East and Mm. uh, as well for Israel increasing Mm -hmm. because the whole story of Isaiah 19 ends up with Israel Mm -hmm. and this blessing that comes forth when Egypt and Assyria are united together with Israel and God's purposes and plans. And so people are are growing in a whole understanding and awareness Mm -hmm. of God's kingdom plan all Mm -hmm. over. And so I've been traveling in the past years many times to Asia, mm-hmm. across Europe, and different ways to minister and teach right. on this. And it's been and obviously with the, the, the sort of the refugee movement from the Middle East into Europe and other yes. places. They're seeing these people. I mean, yesterday I was actually on a, a teaching segment on Zoom, and I was sharing with a group of students, and one of them jumped up and said, "I'm from. I'm my, my background is Assyrian. You know, I'm living in Sweden, but my background <laughs> is Assyrian. Wow. What does this mean for me? What is my identity about?" And yeah, I don't think she'd even read the the chapter though. So yeah, there's refugees from spread out from these nations as well that are yes. interacting. Let's talk a little bit about fulfillment because I mean that's a big question. There's there's in a sense in Isaiah's day he's he's writing these things, and I mean they 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 had to be almost bordering on heresy for, for, for what was doing, because here Especially we have Egypt, my people, Egypt, my people, Israel's only my people. And then Assyria that, which was like the ISIS of its day, it was the, you know, the power from the North coming down and terrorizing all the nations, exiling them and all that. And then all of a sudden, you know, God says, uh, this is Assyria, my handiwork. Now yeah. Israel's in the middle of all this, obviously, but Israel's days are a bit waning at that time that the kingdom is divided and yet it's, you know, bringing Israel back into the picture because there is a, a physical side of this highway. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that sort of thing and then bring into some film. And so where does this road come from? Is there some antecedent? Is there some root of this highway in the scriptures? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, we see it, I think, in the trade routes, the king's highways mentioned mm-hmm. in elsewhere in right. scripture that... Uh, these were ways that people traveled in order to have commerce, do commerce, right. and uh, connect together in in the past history. But we see it happening now in unique ways through, again, the intercession of believers that are right. building relationships. Right. They're now going out physically mm-hmm to meet with other believers, to worship together, to have conferences, to uh, plan for more evangelism and outreach into those nations together. And uh, it's just, you know, developing. We're beginning to see it visibly happening more and more. Mm. This last year, it's been interesting because most of it's been on Zoom, but it's really increased. Mm -hmm. The number of times and the frequency by which we're communicating has has increased dramatically. And we're seeing so 
much happen that I think as as the world opens up again and travel begins to take place more freely, we're just going to see an explosion of what God wants to do to raise this highway up physically. Just to talk a little bit about this highway for our our listeners, when we hear, hear the word highway, most of us are thinking about a you know, an, an autobahn or a, yes. you know, a physical highway. Here in the scriptures, the Hebrew word relates to this idea of a mesilah or an exalted way, yes. which seems to be above the nations and yeah. not sort of under the nations. And one of the interesting things for me when I've always read this scripture is, you know, we have these nations that are actually at war in the geopolitical time yes. frame in which they're written, yet here they're, they're reconciled. And so, and, and even to see this Isaiah and the, and the redemptive way that he's going to use these nations almost kind of speaks to me of God's sovereignty over the nations. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and to glorify what Jesus has accomplished at the cross, because mm-hmm. ultimately uh, that's the only way it's going to happen is through what he did at the cross and the power mm-hmm. of the w- Holy Spirit and the redemptive work of the cross outworking mm-hmm. in the hearts of men and women from mm-hmm. Egypt to Syria and Israel together. Mm-hmm. And he's going to receive all of the glory for wow. what, is going to be accomplished to reconcile these enemy nations mm-hmm. together to be part of his kingdom. Yeah, and, and when we look at the, you know, we look at it and we think, wow, this is an amazing scripture. How's it going to come to fulfillment? When is it? Have we seen anything like it in history? And I, I was just, as I was teaching yesterday, I kind of focused in on the, you know, the Acts 2 scripture, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, there are Jews from every nation under yes. heaven in Jerusalem. And most of those nations are probably part of the Isaiah 19 highway, yes. from what I can see. Yeah, so that might have been. I mean, we have the record of the of the the, the scripture, the, the you know believers going down to Egypt. We know that it goes down to Egypt. The Assyria part's a little bit of a mystery. Now, it's not Syria. It's hope, I hope for our viewers to understand that it's not just Syria. Syria is a part of it. But maybe talk about the modern nations of Assyria today just a bit. Yes, well, of course, Assyria was uh, headquartered, or the capital was Nineveh, which is... Very in, famous city, yeah. yeah now, Even in biblical history. Very famous, and now it's close to the city of Mosul. Modern Mosul, north, yeah. Northern Iraq. Which was actually part of the ISIS, you know... Yes, sort of, the whole uh, campaign was to take over Mosul. Exactly. It was like the, the enemy knew he needed to try to stop this advance of God's kingdom. Right. It was already beginning years right. ago in yes. terms of this yeah. connection and intercession mm-hmm. for the highway to be raised up. And so that kingdom spread out from that uh, Nineveh, Nineveh, northern yes. Iraq, all right. over the Middle East, including Syria uh, and Lebanon, Syria? Yeah, Lebanon, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's spilled over into Turkey and Iran, mm-hmm. down to Saudi Arabia, Kuwait in the Gulf. Even Cyprus was Even part Cyprus, of Even Cyprus, where we yeah. were, was yeah. uh, part of the Assyrian Empire. Right. So when we look forward to the fulfillment of Isaiah 19, we love to embrace all of those nations Excellent. as yeah. part of the fulfillment together. Together with Egypt and Assyria, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, you 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 spoke rightly. I mean, there's also this this that we got the we have the Assyrian Empire, which was you know over all these places. Then a little bit about the Assyrian Church. It's an old, established, yes. very uh, important uh, yeah church. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing uh, to talk to people today who identify as Assyrians right. and that they really see themselves as one of the first churches established in and, the Middle and, East. And they were, yeah, And rightfully much, so. Yeah. And they've maintained their faith and their commitment to Christ all through 
the 2000 years and mm-hmm. the you know they're struggling to find their identity in the complexity of what is now the middle east right and we know from some of the some of the things that were filmed what isis did when they went into certain places they destroyed all the if they could churches remnants yes. of churches yes uh, just to kind of wipe out any memory from these uh, from these this very ancient church of the east is what was referred to yeah but so. it, you know it just seems that god continues to breathe on uh, the hearts of people, right. the ancient churches, but also mm-hmm. new believers coming from Muslim background, mm-hmm. that they're they're getting the vision quickly mm-hmm. of what God wants to do and this whole vision of fulfilling Isaiah 19. You've seen that many yeah, times. Yeah, no, it's been amazing. Let's focus just, we don't have a, a, a lot of time today, but I want to bring sort of it close to home in one of the nations that's probably right now in crisis the most right here in the Middle East, yes. and that would probably be Lebanon. Yes. You've had a lot of experience with Lebanon. Share something about, you know, just the recent history. We know it's gone through a a civil war in the 70s, a Syrian takeover in the 90s. Uh, How has that affected the church? What's going? And then, you know, just even bring us up to the events of today. Well, Lebanon has such a unique calling. I mean, over the years where we've gathered together with believers and worshipped and prayed, Mm. one of the unique things that have always come out about Lebanon is almost like this bridal love between Israel uh, identified with the Messiah and and God and Lebanon, mm. that there's this heart towards Lebanon being right. united together with mm-hmm. Israel. And I think there's great destiny for that to happen. Right. But again, the enemy's seeking to, to destroy Bye. that, to stop that mm. uh, in whatever way he can. And we're seeing terrible devastation in Lebanon, right? In Lebanon, in the political situation, the economy, the port, uh, the explosion. Explosion August of, uh, yeah. He might just share just for a second what happened. What was going on when that... Uh, that explosion. We were on a, a Zoom yes, call together we were. That's right. with believers from all over the Middle East. We were praying, and all of a sudden, somebody from Lebanon stopped and said, wait a minute, something's happening. Yes, one of our friends interrupted and said, I'm sorry, I have to go. There's been a great explosion here, right. and we don't know what's happened. Right. And uh, some of the others from Lebanon that were on that call began to, to cry and, and mm. just be concerned about what happened because it was so massive what happened, right. that right. explosion. Right. And, of course, later we found out that uh, it was there at the port and mm-hmm. explosives that were there being stored mm-hmm. uh, had blown up. And so, but immediately, as we were saying before, the believers were shocked by it. They right. were like, how do we survive this devastating blow to the city of Beirut? Mm-hmm. But within a matter of a few days, they, shortly, they were out on the streets, down at the port, right. handing out sandwiches and and finding out how they could help people whose windows had been blown out. Praying for people that were traumatized. Praying for the traumatized victims of what happened there. So it was amazing. Amazing. Since then, Lebanon has been going through, you know, just Uh, a deepening crisis. Maybe talk about the economic crisis right now in Lebanon. Yes. Well, I mean, the lira there in in Lebanon has devalued, I think, by 10 10 times. Right. Yeah, almost a thousand percent or something. It's just the whole economy is... Yeah, in a really deep state of crisis, people have lost their savings. Yes, and as a result of the, the 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 health crisis with the pandemic there, and they've had extended lockdowns. What has the church been doing? Maybe they could just kind of let our viewers know. You know, what's been their role? They started with really the explosion, but they've also taken a big role in 
being, you know, there to serve the nation during the pandemic and the economic crisis. Yeah, so they just continue to to be bold in outreach and going mm-hmm. out and uh, ministering to the refugees that are still coming, you know, from right. Syria. That's from, right. Yeah, I mean, Lebanon itself it's is, like, I think, a third of the whole country's population is refugees from Syria. And Iraq, yeah. And Iraq, yeah. Yeah, so they're overwhelmed by that, let alone their own people and all of the needs, but mm-hmm. they continue to reach out. The church is... Right been amazing many of the believers we know there are just rising up mm. and overcoming you know as mm. much as they can but they need great help they right. need prayer they need resources to right. continue to do right. this and right. uh, we just applaud them we had a recent uh, you know time of worship and prayer together that you yeah. and I shared in and it was wonderful to see as we were worshiping and praying here they were uh, boldly doing that in their own way there right. in Beirut, worshiping and praying together. Yeah, no, no, it's a, they've really, they've really come out of that survival mentality and said, "Hey, we're going to stand for our nation. We're yes. going to bless our nation." We don't have a lot of time left. We're coming to the end, but you know, how can we? Maybe we can really focus in and give people ways to pray yes. for the nation of Lebanon. It's almost going. I'm, I, when I'm looking at Lebanon right now, I'm almost looking at a parallel with Isaiah 19 and what's going on with Egypt. Yes, it's there's a, very there's similar. There's a political crisis, a social crisis, a health crisis, an economic crisis, and you know it, the Lebanese are crying out for help. Basically, yes. I mean their their whole economy is going down the drain right now. It's it's a very difficult. Yeah, situation. And, and of course Hezbollah is like the cruel master that's right. ruling over that mm. causes so much of the oppression, so much mm. of the problem that they are crying out. The believers, Lord, deliver us right. any way you want, yeah. any way you can. Right. And I believe God is hearing those cries, and yeah. the believers around the world could join together. Uh, crying out for Lebanon with the Lebanese believers that God would deliver them and open the way for them to have greater freedom, greater opportunity to be in relationship right, with to be able to, the rest of the Middle East, they, Israel. Yeah, they actually, most of the believers there have a, are growing in a strong heart for Israel, blessing Israel, the rest of the Middle East they want to be involved in. Let's let's focus in on this prayer. I know that we've heard from them. They need resources. Yes. They need strength. They need um, they need new workers actually to come in. I don't think they can even handle the amount of no uh, work that's going on. So they're praying for new workers as well. And exactly. obviously, you know, they're they're praying. They're they're affected by the economic crisis as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's spend some time. Would you lead us in prayer for Egypt? We we have we both have dear friends there and. Uh, they actually would have loved to come on the show, but because of their situation, the country and what's going on and the, the sensitivities of the relationship with Israel, even though it's starting to change. Yes. Uh, just we wanted to keep their security. and But we will be able to tell and share with our viewers ways that you can get involved with Lebanon and what's happening right now. So, Amen. Yeah, so just close us in prayer. Father, we just thank you again for this time together to share about the vision of Isaiah 19 for all that you're doing around the region, but especially for the nation of Lebanon. Lord, we pray that you would Amen. show great mercy yes, and Lord. hear the cries Amen. of your people in the land Amen. of Lebanon today as they cry out to you, that you would deliver them from the oppression. Lord, you would help them to see corruption rooted out out of that government and society there where the economy Mm. could be turned around. Uh, Lord, we ask you uh, to have your way and bless the nation of Lebanon, the believers there. We ask you to strengthen them, encourage them today. In Yeshua's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Tom, thank you for joining us. We know there are incredible promises as well for Lebanon in the scriptures, but it's been a blessing to be able to focus in on the whole Middle East Amen. 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 Thank you, Mike. 
I'm Michael Karam. Thank you for joining us for another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Shalom from Jerusalem. We hope to see you again next time on this program. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media. 